Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Hello, this is Siri, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Not Real Art. I live for this shit because it's totally lit. Not Real Art, the podcast. With the hosts. With the most. Man <laughs> One and Mr. X coming at you live in front of your naked steaming ears. I can't take credit for that one. That's no? a David Lee Roth classic. So. Oh, is it? Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I uh, got a new app. Oh. Got a new app. What's the new well, app? Well, because, you know, to the extent that we are a, uh, you know, fun, entertaining reality show, or I'm sorry, radio show, reality show slash radio show. Um, well, I don't know. I had f- to get sound effects. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh no, <laughs> this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. Hold on, hold on. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not real art, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Definitely not real art. Um, here, uh, what, hold on. Oh, we got to go here. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not real art. That's right. Um, oh, here. When we say something funny. Oh, man. Right? Um... I'm about to tune out. Wait, wait. <laughs> Let alone. Wait. Okay. Oh, here, here we go. Let's see. Oh man. <laughs> High production value going on here, people. All right, enough of that. I High just, production you know, value. Yeah, I, you know. Hey, there's an app for that. There's an app. If there was only an app for making a good podcast. Oh yeah. No, there isn't. Not yet. <clears throat> Clearly, we're proof of that because you know, yeah. if we had an app. Um, we would, well, we would own that app, but it, this it, podcast it, is a fucking disaster. Well, it could be worse because, um, I was advised not to, not to do drinking podcasts. Okay. Cause apparently that's a thing. There's oh, you a, drink while you, you drink while you podcast. Yeah. And so, you know, the first 15 minutes is good, but then the next hour sucks cause it's just drunk people. <laughs> Well, it'd be funny to do a series of podcasts with the different drugs. Oh, d- yeah. So, so you do you do yeah. one podcast with the drinking. Yeah. Then you do one pa- po- podcast with weed. Yeah. Right? Then you do one podcast with cocaine. Yeah. Then you do one podcast with ecstasy. <laughs> right? You do one podcast with mushrooms. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's gonna. It's an experiment. Not real art. Yeah. Not real art. So. Um, <clears throat> What are we talking about today? 
you know, there's so much to talk about. And, um, you know, one of the things that I want to make sure that we cover and, you know, we're not going to cover it in one podcast. Yeah. Um, we'll cover it, you know, I think over multiple podcasts because it will be a reoccurring subject, but yeah, you know, the podcast is a great opportunity for us to capture the history of crew West gallery, the gallery you started in 2002. Okay. Uh, we met, you and I, 2004, something like that. So yeah. You had already founded the gallery in Alhambra, uh, I think in 02. Yep. As I recall, you started the gallery really out of frustration as an artist, graffiti artist. Uh-huh. Graffiti art was persona non grata within yeah. the conventional gallery circuit. Um, so you said, fuck it. I'm going to start my own gallery. And uh, so, you know, I mean, I mean, that's kind of historic for the graffiti art scene in L.A. Uh, well, it's not exactly how it started. Okay. <laughs> uh, pretty close, but. Sounded good. It sounded good. Yeah, you should pitch uh, it. Dude, I've been telling that to hundreds of people. Now you just correct me. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it. you know. Let's set the record straight. Let's set the record straight. Okay. So this is how it all started. Um, in the 90s, I had been traveling back and forth to Europe to do graffiti. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was in you know, different cities and countries in Europe. And they had awesome fucking paint. You know? mm-hmm. They had um, all kinds of brands. Um and in all kinds of colors. And um, so I loved traveling to Europe so I could use this awesome fucking paint. And we used to actually bring it back, believe it or not, in duffel bags. We just the bags? No. Fucking take them right into the, into the, right into the fucking. What? Yeah. Above our seat. We just put them in the. Carry on. Carry on. We'd have a giant bag, duffel bag. I remember I brought back like 100 cans one time <laughs> in a duffel bag. Imagine now. You, there's no fucking way. Oh my god! And yeah. we'd go through, we'd go through security, and you just open your bag. That's and, amazing. And they would look through, make sure there's not a bomb right. amongst the 100 cans right. that you're right. carrying. Right. <laughs> right. And then you just walk in and you put it, you know, in the overhead, you know. Um, no bombs, but lots of bombing. Right. And so, um, yeah, as long as it fit in the overhead, they didn't care what the fuck you carried on there. As long as it wasn't a gun or or a weapon or something, I guess. So spray cans apparently were okay, mm-hmm. you know? Um, in the 90s, late 90s, mid 90s. Yeah, early 90s, right, okay. mid 90s. In the 90s. <clears throat> so anyway, so we'd bring back spray paint and stuff like that because we couldn't get it here. So one day, you know, um, and this is where I get in trouble as I start thinking about fucking, you know, how can we make this better and, and how can I, uh, you know, make more money doing this shit. And I started thinking of all these crazy things and mm-hmm. that's how this started. I, I was like, what, 99, 1999. Well, around there, around, around the late nineties, you know, I was like, I got to get this paint. How can I get this paint over here? Blah, blah, blah. At the same time, <clears throat> I was, uh, becoming more popular as an artist mm-hmm. and people were hitting me up to do all kinds of projects. Right. Um, 
but they were they were asking me to do things that I could not do. For example, tattoos mm-hmm. or um, you know different types of like digital illustration or whatever. And I couldn't do any of that stuff. Slime, slime. Yeah, I sucked at that. And so they'd call me and ask me to do, you know, this different projects or, or airbrushing. And I was like, no, nah, I don't airbrush. And so I got tired of throwing away all these gigs and just saying no. I said, you know what? I have a lot of friends who do this kind of stuff. I have friends who are artists in other mediums. So why don't I represent them, you know? So that instead of throwing away the gig when I get a call for something I don't do, why don't I just hand it off to a friend of mine and then I'll take a cut. So that's what I did. And I figured there's no better way to do it than start a website mm-hmm. and promote it. So I started CrewWest.com in 2000. Where did the name come from, CrewWest? So as I was coming up with the name for the website, um, you know, obviously it was rooted in graffiti, rooted in, 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 um, in that culture. And so crews, right? Like this yep. was my crew and um, my crew of artists that I was going to start working with. So I knew I needed that, I wanted that word in there somehow. And then I really wanted to distinguish ourselves as a West Coast thing, mm-hmm. not New York graffiti, not New York or East Coast. So I wanted West Coast in there somewhere. Um, so as I was messing around, just sketching out the name and whatever, I all of a sudden you know, mashed up crew with West mm-hmm. and figured if I take out, if I make it one word, just use one W. Um, it's kind of a funky word. And, mm-hmm. you know, crew West. Is it crew West or is it crew West? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it sounded cool. It sounded different. No one else had it. Um, it was unique. So I bought the domain name, um, created a logo, and started the website. So it was crewwest.com in 2000. And so that was to promote my friends. And I started actually, I started working. People started calling me um, because they wanted, you know, their car airbrushed. So then I'd say, hey, you know, I, I don't do that, but my homeboy Victor Sepulveda does that, you know. Shout, Shout out. out to Victor. Um, or, hey, you know, um, I want a tattoo done. Do you know any tattoo artist? So then I, I would. So, th- so that went on for a couple years. Um and it was, you know, it was okay. It was, it was just my side gig. It wasn't like I was really actively promoting it necessarily. Um, so as I was doing that, um, this is where both worlds kind of came together here, is I was also getting tired of always having to do murals using Krylon, right? So here I am in 2000 and 2001 um, creating murals with spray cans that were, you know, subpar, you know, like paint that was fading, um, you know, just meanwhile, knowing that across, you know, across the world, they were actually making really good quality paint, actually making um, a bunch of colors that I wanted that I didn't have access to. And so I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let me call these guys. So I remember I called um, the Molotov headquarters, right? Because now they had this... um, and back then it was just Belton. It wasn't even Molotov yet. It was just Belton. But I remember using Belton in Germany, and I really liked the quality of it. So I called Belton um, headquarters, and I said, you know what? When are you guys going to have this paint available in the United States? Because I want to use it. And they said, okay, well, actually, next year. 
in 2002. <laughs> we're going to have it. And they said, do you want to be, um, and we're going to have it there because we just signed a deal um, and we're going to have a, a, what do you call it? A, distributor. A distributor, North American distributor. And um, where you where you located? I said, well, I'm in Los Angeles. And they said, well, we don't have any reps um, or dealers in LA yet. Would Are you interested in repping the brand, you know, and dealing it? Sure. Or just for yourself? And so I thought about it. I said, no, you know what? I might as well, if I want the paint, I know other people want the paint. So what does it take to be a dealer? And so they told me, you know, what the the buy-in was and all that. And I said, okay, I'll get back to you. And I started trying to figure out, you know, how I can come up with the money and, and what was the buyout? Well, the original buy buyout, well, buy-in, the buy-in, buy right. buy yeah. I think cause you had to buy, um, I think it was like $20,000, uh, purchase of paint, something okay. like that. Right. Like the first, the first batch it was like 20 grand or 25 grand, something like that. A lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money when you don't have a lot of money. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and I wasn't expecting to do that, you know. So, um, you know, I I was kind of kicking around the idea, and I was like, man, I wish I had the, I wish I had like twenty grand lying around. I get it, I do this, but I don't. And um, a friend of mine, um, we happened to be talking one day, um, old friend of mine, Harry Reynolds, and so I was talking to him, and he's like, you know what, I can get the money. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I think my dad would loan, loan us the money to do this. Family loan, yeah. So uh, we started talking. One thing led to another, and we decided to start selling Belton Molotov spray paint in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And um, we were literally, I, you know, at this time, I had my studio in Alhambra, uh, which, which um, is like, what, like 10 minutes, 15 minutes east of, da of downtown L.A., you know, residential area, not 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 the art capital of anything. Do you know what supermodel is from Alhambra? No, there's there was a supermodel from Alhambra. Cheryl Teagues. Cheryl Teagues, really? Born, born and raised. Well, there you go. See, no. learn something new every day. Learn even, something new even every day from your hometown. I didn't even know that. So, um, so me and Harry are sitting across. Uh, we're sitting um, having some pizza and talking about this. You know. Well, if we do this, what are we going to do? How are we going to sell it? We can't sell it out of the car, you know, <laughs> which actually graffiti writers do all the time. Right. Sure. <laughs> but I was like, nah, we got to have an actual location, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking across the street on Valley Boulevard and there's a little tiny. I remember it. Little tiny shop. And it says, has a sign for rent. Mm -hmm. And so for lease or whatever. So we go over there. We're like, look, I'm like, look, there's a spot right there. We. Not, all we need it, is um, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm remembering it was like five, six hundred square feet. Or was it, it, bigger, was, bigger it was, that, it was, it was 700 square 700 feet, square feet right. which was still tiny. Yeah. Um, but we didn't care. All we right. needed was yeah. a place to put a counter and sure. um, store the paint, a cash paint. register and store the paint. And that yeah. was it. So we went in there and the, the rent was super cheap. And um, we were like, you know what? Let's do it here. So it was like, okay, we're going to start a paint shop here. You know, that was that was where it all started. Um, so this is where it all comes together. I gave you the backstory on the on the paint and, and, and crewist.com because this is where it all comes together. I was just like, well, if I'm going to sell paint, right, I might as well have something on the walls instead of just white walls, right? And being an artist, 
I might as well hang my artwork on the walls. Sure. It's like only logical, right? Of course. So I didn't really set out to start a gallery. Right. I set out to start a shop. And oh, by the way, it's also a gallery. Right. You know? Right. And um, I said, well, since I'm already showing, um, so to speak, my friends online at, at cruest.com, I might as well name the shop Cruest. And that'll be the name of the shop and gallery. And so uh, when I painted the logo on the front of the building, um, it actually said Cruest uh, Store and Gallery, mm-hmm. you know? And because um, for me, it was important that I let people know that it was a store first. Like, um, I was if I, I was always like, well, if I'm going to get in business doing this, right? it's got to be about business, you know? And um, these are small mistakes that people make where they uh, they don't name something outright or they keep it hidden or they um, try to be clever. And then at the end of the day, they're wondering why. They bury the lead. Yeah, they're like, why, why am I not making sales? Well, because you're pitching it as a cultural, you know, freaking place instead of <laughs> what you want to do. Isn't cultural it? <laughs> retreat. No, you're trying to make money. Trying to make money. Yeah, you're right. trying to make it a store. So I said, well, there's two things here going on. Um, we're going to be selling paint, and this paint has never been available in this country before, let alone Los Angeles. We're going to be the first ones to carry this paint. So we were like, I mean, we're going to cash in, you know? Um, so that's going to that's gonna drive the business is the paint. Um, everything else will be just the gravy, right? So, like, we'll hang art on the walls, and we'll have art shows, whether or not the art sells is irrelevant. Um, what matters is that we sell paint, right? So believe it or not, we had, um, so I opened up the gallery or grand opening with my artwork and I had my, you know, it was the easiest, easiest way to do it. Um, you and, were cheap. And, and we started selling art like from day one, which was like, okay, cool. So we started putting t-shirts in there and, you know, just some products here and there. Mm-hmm magazines uh, there was this thing called vhs tapes back then i remember <laughs> so we used to sell videos and beta what was the other one was the beta no yeah. not beta yeah beta, yeah, it was was beta, a, beta yeah. yeah no this better was, technology but of course this was this was vhs yeah. and cds and dvds right and we were selling like you know graffiti mags and things like that so we started doing like graffiti culture stuff uh, um, and there was no other shop in LA like this at the time. There was no other shop doing it at all. Right. I mean, there had been pop-up shop, pop-up shows with graffiti, or um, there was like a place called like Workman's Outlet, which was kind of like a, um, you know, they sold the, uh, you know, like Echo and mm-hmm. brands like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then they sold maybe some some caps or like or like markers or videos, but. They weren't a full-on gallery or anything like that. So we were the first to do that that kind of model, um, and especially within this culture. So um, we, you know, after my show, I said, well, I might as well ask other friends of mine to have shows there. So I started asking other friends to do shows and exhibits and sell their work. And um, at the beginning, I was so think I was so not thinking that we were going to sell art that. Our, our commission was 30%. So the artist made 70% of sales and the gallery kept 30%, right? Which um, if you talk to galleries now... Typically 50-50, right? It's typically 50-50. But for me, it was like, well, I'm an artist. I know artists always get screwed. Yeah. So I want to be on the artist side, right? right? But I still want to run a business. So how do I... How do I, I I'm not going to give them 100% of the sales, but I'll keep 30, which is 
more than fair. Um, but we're going to make our money still on the spray paint. So that was the whole idea, and that's how it started. Um, so, so the fact of the matter is that we started off to sell paint, and then it turned into a gallery, you know? Right. Um, and, I mean, there's so much we can talk about that. But, you know, when we moved to downtown uh, four years later, because we just – I mean, two years later, we were already running out of space in, 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 in this gallery, but we, we wanted to move to the right location. So when we moved to downtown, everything got flipped. Because all of a sudden, no one even, in terms of sales, no one really cared about the paint as much as they did about the art. And so we turned into like a true gallery well, once we got downtown. Well, the space was like 2,100 square feet. It yeah, it was a beautiful space, yeah. you know, 20-foot ceilings, white walls. Um, I mean, and that was, I mean, I remember when we opened up people in downtown, when we reopened in downtown, people were like, this is like a museum. This isn't a gallery. Right. And that was the idea is that I wanted to, take the level up mm-hmm. because um up to now every time someone had a graffiti show you know it was in a back alley there was like this this kind of like grungy attitude about it and you know shit wasn't hung right and there was shitty lighting and and i was like no no no, we're gonna do it like like super do it right yeah just do it right and you know because i wanted to elevate the art form right and i figured if if i elevate um the art form you know um it'll be good for all of us, you know? And that's, that's kind of the, where it started, you know? Part one. Part one. Of a 20 part saga. <laughs> At least. <laughs> At least. <laughs> of a 10 year saga. That's right. Man one. Great to see you, my friend. You too, brother. All right. Peace. Peace out.